Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his eternal book, say, by the grace of Allah and by his mercy, let them rejoice in this. It is better than everything that they collect. A short verse. In a sense, it encompasses the entire message of deen. And it tells us that there is something more important than that which we put into our bank accounts and store up on the front drives of our houses and all of that other storage for the unknowable future that occupies our waking hours and keeps us awake at night. There's something that is khayrun mimma yajma'un, better than what they gather and collect. And this thing is by Allah's grace and his mercy. And Allah says, let them rejoice in this. We can't have a full rejoicing in the things of this world. We buy something at a high price and we feel proud and important for a short while, but then it becomes a source of anxiety. That is the way of this world. Everything, not only ourselves, gets older. There's metal fatigue. Spare parts are hard to find. It's a headache. That initial joy soon wears off and it becomes just another source of anxiety. When we think about this world, we think about this process whereby everything runs down. The baby is born and the clock is already ticking and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows how many seconds will be in that baby's life. Everything is running down. Everything physical. But the thing which abides, of course, is the spirit. But the world also is this great paradox of things that seem to build up. Mystery after mystery, miracle after miracle. And the believer looks at it all, not just with curiosity, but with wonder. Faith is wonder. What is more unlikely and strange and mysterious <coughs> than that anything at all should exist? And yet it does. What is more extraordinary than that there should be physical laws in the, constant, in the, con in the universe? There is the law of gravity, the speed of light, so many other things, mysterious, and yet they exist. What should be more unlikely and mysterious and strange than that there should be living things? Scientists struggle to define life, and yet there it is, in all of its wondrous variety, now so shockingly threatened by a culture of unbelief and greed, a culture of ma'on, what they gather. And of all living things, what could be more extraordinary and strange and mysterious than man? Bani Adam, in whom there can be moral choice, discernment, planning for the future, great works of culture, great evil. What a mystery is man. The climax of creation, ahsani taqweem. And amongst the ranks of humanity, what is more extraordinary and beautiful and wonderful and unlikely and blessed full of fadl and rahmah than a prophet, one who takes nothing for himself and who makes immense sacrifices only so that people may look at this universe with wonder and with gratitude. And amongst all of the Anbiya alayhim wassalam that a benign heaven has sent down the centuries, down countless millennia, for every nation there has been a guide. This is Allah's generosity. There has never been one whose mission was more extraordinary 
and whose restoration of the human balance was more complete in difficult times than the Holy Prophet of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who is sent in order to bring us to this rahmah and this fadl. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ we have sent you only as a mercy, as a grace, as a blessing to the world. Everything that he brings, the beliefs that he brings, the wisdom that he brings, the capacity to see everything with wonder and delight and gratitude, this farah of the believer, uh, from him, every single thing we need to absorb and benefit from. Every last detail of the sunnah is something that, even if it seems hard to us at first, we should recognize is not an imposition, but is simply a merit and a blessing, fadl wa rahmah. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has truly been generous to us. The miracle of creation, the miracle of life, the miracle of beauty, the miracle of the anbiya, the miracle of Bani Adam, and then at the summit of all of that, khayru khalqillah, the best of Allah's creatures, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you read history books, you might have heard of something called the Dead Sea Scrolls. Very interesting ancient Jewish texts. Dug up on the West Bank 50, 60 years ago with strange stories of a Jewish community that was expecting great changes in the religious history of mankind. One of these documents is called the Damascus document. And in it, these Jews, and this is six centuries before the appearance, of the seal of the messengers, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they are speaking to themselves of two great transformations, two messianic changes and deliverances which will turn the world upside down and bring light and salvation. One of these they call the priestly messiah and one is called the lay messiah. Now, no doubt they didn't get everything right. No doubt these are strange terms for us, but Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam was from the line of the ancient Israelite priests. And Sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, was a Gentile prophet. They were expecting not just one, but two deliverers. We all know the story of how the wise men were guided to the cradle of Sayyidina Isa السلام, by a star. This is not really in our text. We don't need to believe it, but we've heard the story. But when we look at the birth of the founder of our final, all-inclusive, mercy-filled religion, we find in the seerah of Ibn Ishaq this extraordinary story. We know that Ibn Ishaq, who's the first of all the seerah writers, and he is meeting people who know the tabi'in, is very early. He says, وُلِدَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم في يوم الاثنين من ربيع الأول في عام الفيل. The Holy Prophet وسلم, is born on a Monday in the month of Rabi' al-Awwal in the year of the elephant. But he narrates something else and he narrates it of one of the famous Sahaba, Hassan bin Thabit. Hassan bin Thabit, who is from Medina, was the great poet of the Holy Prophet وسلم, whose diwan is considered to be the first great collection of poems that praise the founder of the Islamic religion. So 
Hassan bin Thabit's words are described as follows. Kuntu ghulaman yafi'ah. I was a, a boy. Ibn sab'i sinin al man. I was seven years old or eight. Aqilu kulla ma samirt. I understood everything that I was hearing from people. He's not a baby. When one day I heard, it was in the night, one of the Jews of Medina, of Yathrib as it then was, on the roof shouting out, Ya Ma'ashara Yahud, O assembly of Jews. And they all gathered to him and they said, Woe betide you, what's wrong? قال طلع الليلة نجم أحمد الذي ولد به and he said on this night the star of Ahmed has risen denoting his birth so many of these old communities which preserved their tawheed and so many true memories and were worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recalled that this deliverer would come So when we think of this supreme blessing, what greater blessing is there than that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should lift the curtains of darkness in the world of the jahiliyyah and then the world of tahrif and distortion of earlier messages and bring them once again to the pure Abrahamic truth in which there is true delight. Farah, what greater blessing could there be than that? And it takes the form of a birth. This is significant. The Holy Qur'an speaks a lot of births and birthing. It speaks of the growth of the embryo quite frequently. We created man of a kind of blob of clay. And then we put him where? We made him a seed a little embryo, huh? a mass of cells, in a safe place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his mercy, because of his love for Bani Adam, wishes us to originate and wishes our insouling and origination in the world to be in a place that is special, safe, revered, full of mercy as the mother directs all her energies and her thoughts and her prayers in love to that unborn helpless child who she carries within her, the most beloved, the most secure place. Now we know that this greatness of motherhood is often a time of anxiety. Mothers worry. Pregnancy can be difficult. Sometimes it goes wrong. Sometimes there's a miscarriage. Sometimes the child is born and isn't healthy. It's a time of anxiety, but also a time of extraordinary hope. What is a more beautiful moment in a marriage than the time when, with tears in her eyes, the wife announces to the husband that she is with child? Is there any more extraordinary and moving moment that brings them together, that increases their mutual love and support? And when she feels the child quickened and move within her, subhanAllah, and she realizes that she is within herself, not just one soul, not just one ruh, but two. A Turkish word for pregnant is ikijanla, which means to have two souls. I always like that. And so double blessings. 
an extraordinary and a blessed time. And it is here that Allah, in his wisdom and creative might, has decreed that Bani Adam shall enter the world, including the great Anbiya, alayhim salam. So again and again, when we hear in the Holy Qur'an the stories of the prophets and how they stood against impossible odds in order to bring the light of truth and this farah, this rejoicing to their peoples, we see this question of the birth and the greatness of the mother. When we think about the rights of women in Islam, we must never exclude the fact that our scripture praises motherhood and loves motherhood. So we find when we take our Hajj or we take our Umrah and we finished our Tawaf and we make our two rak'ahs at the maqam of Ibrahim, the great patriarch, where do we go next? Where are we required to go next or the ritual is not perfect? Zamzam and then of course Safa to Marwa to Safa to Marwa to Safa to Marwa without that no Hajj, no Umrah, nothing at all. And when we do that we remember the mother of Ismail السلام, and her extraordinary heroism out in the desert holding the little hand of her son apparently against all odds Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of her trust because of her prayers because of her confidence in the command of her prophetic husband opens up to her the miracle of Zamzam and the extraordinary ritual of Sa'i when we think about Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam we think particularly about his birth. Most of what is about him in the Qur'an is about his birth, the Annunciation, the arrival of the angel. And then that great trial, which shows how strong she was, how absolute she was in her acceptance of the command of her Lord. She comes to the judges, the scribes, the Pharisees in Jerusalem, holding the baby. The assumption, of course, is that she has committed an abomination, but she's faithful to her vow of silence. فَأَشَارَتْ إِلَيْهِ She just points to the baby and they say كَيْفَ نُكَلِّمُ مَنْ كَانَ فِي الْمَهْدِ صَبِيَّةِ How can we speak to a babe in arms? قَالَ إِنِّي عَبْدُ اللَّهِ And the baby speaks. The consequence of her triumph over anxiety and her tawakkul and her trust in the Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala is an unbelievable and inconceivable change, transformation. Sayyidina Isa, Ruhullah, the one who will attend again at the end of time. Uh, this is his first word. And this is her greatness, her vulnerability, giving birth alone, but her absolute obedience to the command of her Lord. And then the story again of another great mother, Sayyidina Musa, alayhi salam. We remember the story of how Fir'aun had received a premonition that amongst the male children of the Bani Israel there would be one who would snatch away his throne. So he orders that all of the firstborn boys of the Israelites shall be put to the sword. More anxiety, fear. What could be more terrifying for a mother than to see her own child torn from her breast and put to the sword? But look at the mother of Musa. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he is consoling Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam and strengthening him for his final showdown with Fir'aun when he is with his brother and all of Egypt, the land of the pharaohs is against him. 
and he is asking for something that Fir'aun does not want to give. Allah tells him to remember something. We blessed you on another occasion. Don't think that we won't help you again because we blessed you on another occasion. Remember? Place the child in the little, whatever it was, the little box. Huh? And then it's carried away into the river. And on the bank, my enemy and your enemy shall adopt him. Subhanallah. What trust she had to cast her own threatened child into the great river Nile, but she believed her Lord. This is her greatness. Allah spoke to her through wahi. Awhayna. Subhanallah. And then what happens? So Fir'aun and his wife Asiya, the believing Muwahida wife, walking by the Nile, see the baby in the box. The Mufassirun explained the details of how this was. And she says, a child that will be the light of our eyes my eyes and your eyes. She has no children. Do not kill him. Hmm? Perhaps he will benefit us and we can adopt him as a child when nobody knows that this isn't our child. Subhanallah. And thus it was that out of that terrible situation, a despair and an anxiety and a grief greater than any of us could imagine. Imagine everybody losing their children to a tyrant in that dark time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through her trust, the trust of the great, that great woman, brings up the one who is to be Kalimullah, Allah's spokesman, the one who, with his brother, also a prophet, will stand before Pharaoh himself, fearlessly, with some signs, to say, let my people go. And we need to think about this again and again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about pregnancy, life, childbirth, the honor of the mother, the strength of the mother, even though so difficult. Pregnancy, a time of weakness, childbirth, a time of weakness. His mother bears him weakness upon weakness. What can she do? And yet these women are shown as so strong. Out of their anxiety, through these beautiful fitri processes of nature, by which a loving creator has determined that his most beloved creatures shall enter this dunya, wonders happen. This is an age in which many of us are anxious. Climate change, so many other things. Things seem to be changing. The ground seems to be shifting beneath our feet. And everybody, every ummah, recognizes this is a time of uncertainty, instability. People are not sure about the future. The gift of faith is that we know that even in the most difficult situations, you depend on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You say, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. This, the Holy Prophet's religion, is the religion for the last phase in prophetic history when the dark times and the end times shall come, and it is there to remind us of the divine power and omnipotence so that we say when a musibah approaches us, huh? Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'un. 
and we say Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil and we say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah these are beautiful islamic phrases that should come from us frequently we know that whatever is happening outwardly has an inward meaning and is part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree and his plan and his wisdom and ultimately though we cannot see it leading towards this farah this joy so let us not be people of pessimism and people of despair let us remember the omnipotent power and grace and mercy of our creator there's a famous poem which runs like this which is precisely about it ya nafsu illam tazfari la tajzai wa ila mawaidi juri maulaki ra'i wala in ta'akhkhara matlabun fala rubbama fi dhalika at-ta'khiri kullu al-matma'i wala in bada min natiq al-wijdan ma يدعوك لليأس الذميم الأشنعي فاستيقظي من نومة الغفلات وليكن الرجا لك مرتعا فيه ارتعي إن العطاء إمداده متنوع يا حسن هذا كالعطاء المتنوع وردوا على نهر الحياة وكلهم شربوا وكم في الركب من متضلعي حاشا الكريم يردهم عطشا وقد وردوا واصل الجود من ذا المنبع يا ربي لي ظن جميل وافر قدمته امشي به يسعى معي كل الذي يرجون فضلك امطروا حاشاك ان يبقى هشيما مربعي one of my favorite poems i can't translate it all but it's a poem in which the poet is talking to his nafs himself and he says if you don't get the things that you want do not be aggrieved but always run towards your lord's banquet which he has spread out for you and if something which you're hoping for is slow in coming then you should know that very often in that slowness is itself a gift and should there come to you from your lower self a breath of despair that lowest and most deplorable thing then wake up from the slumber of heedlessness and make your pasture uh, the land of hope which you never leave and he goes on in other words when we are despairing it's because we've forgotten the obvious thing which is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in charge and has always been in charge and will be in charge and was in the charge of it was in charge of Sayyidina Isa and Sayyidina Musa and Sayyidina Ibrahim and Sayyidina Muhammad and all of the anbiya alayhi wasallam who never wavered in their confidence in the divine control and the divine power for one instant so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bestow upon us that great and precious grace that when we see some misfortune we say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah or we say hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil these are the things that the believer will naturally say rather than utter some ugly obscene word no he has these words which remind him that behind the incomprehensible show of things there is only the divine mercy and grace and power and perfection just behind the surface of everything there are only the names of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nothing makes anything happen in this world huh, other than the one true creator and this is the essence of tawhid So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people of hope and heal our anxieties and through these beautiful natural processes such as the miracle of new birth and through the miracle of nature itself 
Make us people of hope, not of anxiety, people of trust, not of fearfulness, and inshallah, keep us far, far, far away from the vice of yets of despair. Ameen. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'iril muslimin. Innahu huwa al-ghafoor al-rahim.